Hello, this is the Potters Podcast. It's been an interesting week, not a great week, to be honest, footballing-wise. No way, it's really bad for a bit, really. No, it has, yeah. We had a 2 one defeat after being in the lead. Sam Vokes, we have to talk about him. Uh, but first, there's been some horrendous news that has come out today. I mean, I hope everybody is sat comfortably and understands the situation we're in because Tyrese Campbell is more than likely going to be out for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's pretty much been a big hammer blow for that That's season, a big yeah. blow for the rest of this season now, that is. Still got positives though. Daniel Sturridge might be coming in on a short-term loan. Well, not loan, short-term contract. It's going to take him three months to get fit. Right, he'll probably come back, play, score, and then get injured for the rest of the season. Yeah. So we've got to replace him, like yeah. my aunt Paul, whatever his name is. That yeah, every other goalkeeper we've had. Yeah, every other goalkeeper. But to be fair, Joe Birgit's come in. I mean, it's going to be a massive blow losing Tyrese Campbell, we have to be honest about it. Yeah, it's it, the thing is, he, he, even I know we've given Fletcher a lot of praise over previous weeks, but I think together with Campbell, they tick, and, and the thing is, they work well together, and I just think, looking at the performance of the likes of Vokes midweek against Cardiff, we look pretty short now up top. Yeah, um, the performance of Sam Vokes is, well, the continually poor performances of Sam Vokes, I've been really worrying. I mean, if he took that penalty, we would have talked about Cardiff. Would have beat Cardiff at that point. I mean, to be honest with you, as soon as we missed that penalty, I thought not going to win this. I, I still expected a draw, but I, you know, the way we've been playing. Yeah, I, I do. I do feel a little bit for the lads because the the constant change in the team because there's an injury every week. The team's changing every single week for an injury, and the thing is, it it, it isn't. It isn't great for for the team, but we just keep digging in. I sort of drew a line under Cardiff straight after. I just thought we were having a tough moment at the moment. It's about nine players out at that point. I think it's even more than that now. I think yeah. the, the, it's just growing into like we've got more than a squad out injured <laughs> at the moment. I think it's 11 to 12 players now that have dropped injured. Yeah. yeah people who've had COVID and all these stuff. And injuries are worse in Liverpool. So. I don't want any Liverpool fans moaning at how bad their situation is. We've lost an entire team of players. Alan's still not back. Ryan's had a bad injury. Suter was out for COVID. Uh, we've got Gunn out. We've got Davies out. Uh, Tommy Smith had a knock. You know, Tom Ince was injured. Nobody noticed. Um, Gregory got a bit of a knock. Fletcher's had a knock. I mean, I, do, I think it's just like, who's next? Who hasn't got one? Come on. Put them in bubble wrap. <laughs> it's been... A bit of a dodgy week, we'll have to go into play ratings, but first we have to talk about boxing that happened last night. Uh, Anthony Joshua won against against Pulev. I fancied Pulev harder. No, I knew he was going to win that before the <laughs> fight was going to happen. I knew that Pulev's knacking, he's getting to that age. Joshua's a good boxer, but as soon as he bumps into Tyson Fury, he'll be found out for what he is. Yeah. Fraud. But speaking of boxers, we've got a bit of a special guest later on on the podcast. Nathan the Hitman Heaney. Everyone can enjoy what he's got to say about Stoke and where he came from and everything yeah. that happened. And it obviously go about his great montage of coming out to Delilah and getting the fans way, way too over the top. <laughs> I mean, if some, something bad happened, there's going to be a riot. Let's, let's be honest. It's a good walk-in, though. Oh, it's a great walk-in. You can't beat a walk-in like that. But right, we're going to go into question time, early doors. Early doors. Early doors this time. Right, this player played for Stoke City 
was hoping it'd be a Christmas question. During <laughs> the 70s, it's not going to be a Christmas one. <laughs> what, what could I do? Who wore a Santa outfit <laughs> now? <laughs> now, it's uh, who, what's this Stoke City player? Played for Stoke during the 70s and won the League Cup with Stoke. Yeah. But also played for Crewe and Port Vale. Ooh. And that's all I'm giving you at this moment, Sam. Right, so now we'll move into player ratings. Right, Derby County, what a game it was. What an absolute storm breaker. People <laughs> were talking about it for all day today, all week. For 30 seconds. What a fantastic game. We're obviously taking the mick, but we've got to go into it. Right, we go into, obviously, Joe Berzik. Well, the thing is, the game was, it's, we said this the other week, didn't we? Another yeah. shocker, really. Um, I mean, to be fair, Derby County were unbeaten in four going into today today's game, and then uh, obviously made it five. But even so, they've struggled, aren't they, all season, Derby? If you're looking at it on paper, you sh- for me, we should have been getting something from there. Um, well, it's not that it's not that they're playing well at the moment, Derby. They are starting to turn the corner. Obviously, there was a, there was problems in the field with Philip Koku, and to be honest, he actually looks stronger now. Rooney's out of the team. He, he seems to be slowly improving since he's yeah. come out of the team. So I think he was too centre of everything at, at yeah. Derby when he played. And uh, well, we'll have to go into so Joe Berzik. I thought was outstanding to be honest against Derby. To be honest, at times he kept us in the game because. It was basically we got battered. To be honest, at times I, I thought it was a fantastic point, really. You've got yeah, because I mean they absolutely dominated possession. They dominated the game. They had more shots. I think we only had one shot on target. Um, I think that to be honest, we have to look at it as what it was. But I, I just think that the game it lacked a spark from Stoke. It lacked a Tyrese Campbell. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, at the end of the day, Derby at home, they, they have started to pick up the confidence as I. We probably, I think 12 months ago, we could have probably lost that game two or three. Oh, yeah, yeah, last season, we would have, under Nathan Jones or Rowell, would have lost that game. I think but even under O'Neill, I, I just think at times before, with the injuries and everything else, and they're in good form, you'd have gone, yeah, we'd have lost that. And the end of the day, he's gone there and ground the results out. So the negative side of things that people have said, I don't understand why, because um, I think you, you've got to look overall. It's probably a good point. Well, I mean, going back to Joe uh, Basic, I mean, it's a performance on Saturday. Like, to be honest, that's probably for me save of the season so far. That that save from Tom Clark's headers. Yes. Well, Clark had a headed into which was a magnificent save, really. Yeah, Tom, I mean, Tom Lawrence, he tipped one over the bar against Tom Lawrence as well. So, I think at times his kicking was a little bit suspect, but I think his, his shot stopping was yeah. top notch on, on the eight Saturday. And I've got to be honest, I'm going to give him an eight for that performance. Yeah, I think mean, he kept us in the game. If he wasn't yeah. for him, we'd have lost that game. And to be honest, I think if any of the other goalkeepers were in, I've got a feeling he could now, because of this situation of injuries I've got a feeling he might stay in you know I think he's got four or five clean sheets now since he's come in Yeah. and he, you've got to remember he's only 20 is he 19 20 years of age and putting performances like he is now I mean that on Saturday that clock what a save that was Yeah. to deny you know them taking the lead it was a great heading 
And I've got to be honest, I'll give him an eight. I think he was solid. Yeah. He, he did his job brilliantly. Right, so we're going to Nathan Collins. He was at right back. Again? Yeah, this time, I'll, I'll be honest, he looked jaded. He, to be honest, he looked tired. Yeah. And um, I think that he came up against a, a, another smooth operator, Josniak from Poland, a player that's been impressive in the Polish leagues. And somehow Derby signed him. I don't really know how. But out the game where he couldn't go forward, he, he was constantly having to mark and do it. And he did his job well. I, I can't really say much else to it really. He didn't have the performance like he did against Middlesbrough where you know, it was like a train bombing forward and, and getting stuck in. I think it's Josriak's sort of one of them sort of busy players that's just never stops running. Yeah, and he's very creative as well. Yeah. He's a good ball deliverer, both footed. He, he had his, he had, especially if you've got to remember his age, you have to put his age into this. He's 19 years of age and he's coming up against an experienced Polish international at this point. Yeah. I think he's got 18 caps or something for Poland. It's it great signing for them, and to be honest, he did his job, kept him from making any darting runs into the box. Yeah, I'll give him, I'll give him a, a six for that performance. He, he did okay. Yeah, it just I, th- I think the thing is, what probably helped him a bit is, Jos' reaction product was a little bit a mess. He, he, he ran well with it and he created chances, but his end product a bit was a bit lack lackluster, and I think that's what stopped Derby from. Uh, causing any real danger on that side. Yeah. So like I say, I'll give him, I'll give him a, a six. Oh, no, I was going to give six. Right. I'll be honest, he, he kept us in the game, this lad, and it's James Chester. Chester He's had his knockings. Um, somebody's called him Chester, Chester Varno. Is that you? No, what of me? What of me? They were calling him Chester Varno. I don't know why, but <laughs> I don't think I'll be ever called that again. But you know, he he did play well. Yeah, goal line clearance from Kazim Richards. One player I never thought of would see. I know. I, 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 where's he been? Turkey, I think. Was Greece. I, I, I can't remember where. Yeah, because he, he. I mean, he had that spelled into a Turkey and then came back to Brighton. No, not Brighton. Bristol City was it? I can. I swear it was pronounced Celtic. He came back to Britain from his stint in Turkey and then. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's ended up at Derby. I think he's played in Greece as well. Yeah, he sure might he have done. Because he he he's from England, isn't he? But he, he became a Turkish international. Cause yeah. I don't know why. And he never ate him when he was young, to be honest. But yeah, to be fair, he is he is probably what Derby need at the moment. It's not he's not a bad little signing, to be fair. For nothing, he's experienced. He knows the league. He's, he's, he's scored a fair few career goals. Well, I think he's hit over hundred. Yeah, it's like the Fletcher signing to us. It's it's just a useful player to have with experience. Yeah. And I think Chester had him in his pocket half the time. Apart from that, obviously, chance that nearly scored and he had to clear it off the line, it's which a, was only the only real brilliant goal line clearance. Yeah, uh, Chester Varno. Uh, I'll give him a seven. I'll give him a seven. Yeah, I'll, for that. I'll, I'll give him a I think seven. he was the second man as hero really behind the goalkeeper. Yeah. Right, I suits after his return from COVID. I can't really say anything that wrong. Like, no, he, he had a steady return. And to be honest, we always look better in defence when he's back in. Um, again, same as Nathan Collins, I think he looked tired. Obviously, hasn't been training because he's been at home. Probably lacking that sharpness that he needs to get back. Yeah, because trouble is, unless he's, you can't even, if you're self-isolating, you can't even kick a ball. It's not, I mean, obviously, you can, you could, if you've got your own gym, I suppose, you could work out, but, yeah. As far as actually being that sharp, 
Yeah. He can be fit, but can he be match sure? No. Well, that's the thing, yeah. So I'll I'll say six. 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 Real hours, six is he? Yeah. Um, right, Morgan Fox, the man we love to eat. <laughs> Good last week. And poor this. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I thought he was. I thought he was injured. He had a bit of a scare during the first half. I think it was when he looked like he got himself a bit of a knock. But carried on playing. Um, had to get bandaged up. And we were talking about this not long ago with um, Ange that sometimes with these head injuries, I think it should be just a straight substitution. But we're literally running out of men at the moment. So he's yeah. like, he's got, he's got to just, just do your job. He, he was steady, um, but really didn't do anything of note, to be honest, other than no. just, just made a couple of good defensive blocks and did a couple of good screening efforts and I'll give him a six yeah. for that performance like I can't go any higher right the man who went from hero to pretty much average which was Jordan Cousins uh, that's what he is though when he starts well he started against Middlesbrough didn't he but he was brilliant against mm. Middlesbrough and then what the time we see better performances from Jordan he, but he went missing again this, yeah. this is what frustrates me about Jordan Cousins because there is a good player in him. We saw that against Middlesbrough where he was picking the ball up, spraying it round, screening plate midfielders to stop them getting through, stopping the attackers from moving. Yesterday, I can't remember him touching the ball. No. And I thought, where's he gone? What's he doing here? Yeah. He still did his defensive duties. He was still doing his screening. But we, he's quite mobile for a player of that position. Yeah. Which is why he's probably played on the wing for Charlton. But... I just uh, the problem is because of the domination of Derby during this game, the complete midfield domination of that side. He, he just, I just can't remember him doing anything. I can't yeah. remember him touching the ball. So I'm going to give him a four. Yeah. Four. He's gone from he's gone from a nine to a four in the space of a week. Right. I think the return of Jordan Thompson as well. We, we, it's it's like a different squad of players every week at the moment. That's what I mean. How can you get any consistency going when the squad changes? Yeah, and to be honest, he did nothing. No. And I, I know that we have to look at the side and you think, well, that's not a good base to build from with Jordan Thompson and Jordan Cousins. I mean, I know it's, it's Jordan Fest at the moment, but he was he was the same as, as uh, Jordan Cousins. He, he just wasn't involved enough in the play. Um, I do, I do, he, was, he, he did uh, five. Five, yeah. Five will go with. I'm not a big fan, I aren't anyway. No, I, I I think he's got a fantastic ball on him, mm. but he needs to start improving on his other parts of his game. He's got to start moving quicker. He's got to start getting involved more. And like both Jordan Cousins and Thompson were yesterday, just isolated out the game. Yeah. Derby were too strong in the midfield areas, and and that's where we'll come into Nick Powell. A very very quiet average afternoon. quiet afternoon for him. <laughs> I can't remember him barely being in it, to be honest. Our midfield on Saturday was poor. And that's where the problems and why we couldn't create any chances and we couldn't move the ball forward because we just couldn't get that. We just couldn't get round their midfield. We yeah. struggled to get round them. Well, one shot on target shows that as well, doesn't it, over the 90 minutes? Well, the thing is with Nick Powell, he's had these games before where, because I, I do love him as a player because... He doesn't have attributes of a good player. He'll he'll go missing in games, but then he'll Do pop something. up with with a bit of skill that'll create a chance, or he'll get in the right place to get an header or a shot on target, and he wins his games. Yeah. But yesterday, just there was no service to him. He, he just couldn't get himself in the game at all. And I'll give him a five. Really yeah. struggled midfield wise. All of them struggled. 
Cousins was the worst because I can't remember him touching the ball to be honest but it was one of them and another one up front because Jacob Brown came in obviously for injured Tyrese Campbell and I saw little from him yeah nothing I saw little from him he, he worked hard up and down the wings trying his best but no quality and he, he, this is what I mean about Jacob Brown as well same with Jordan Thompson and a few other players in the squad where same with Cousins as well where they'll have one good performance and then they go missing and then they'll come in with a good and then go missing yeah. and the problem is Jacob Brown's got to start stepping up now because Campbell's out so he's got to, he, this is his chance now to prove yeah. That he's good enough. That he's good enough because January will come along and we'll obviously try and bring another striker in because of Tyrus Campbell's injury. So he's got to now take this by the scruff of the neck and prove that he can play alongside Fletcher. He's becoming another Thompson though, and where on earth do you play him? Well, I don't. I wouldn't play him on the way. I think he's best as a striker. Mm. He's, he's still not prolific, and I still don't think he's something you'll go right. Let's get him up front. But I still think that pace is useful for up top. He's just got to be a bit, a bit more controlled when he gets a chance. From certain games I've seen him play, well, he's missed a few chances. He has missed it where he's done one on ones, and yeah, yeah, he did it against Luton where you just think he just hit the target and tried to square it, and you think, come on, you've played enough league football, no better than that now. And, and I mean, to be fair to him though, he didn't get a lot of the ball. He didn't have much of the ball to work with. No, no, he, he was doing a lot. He was just running. Darby had seventy-three percent possession after half an hour. Yeah, he was doing a lot, really. Which is a pretty shocking. But the problem is, we've got no John Obi McCall. We, the half the squad's injured. We, like I said this the other day to somebody at work. I said if we had a fully fit squad, we would have walked past Derby. The problem is, we've got too many players out. Yeah, we're struggling now. We've probably got the worst injury list out of everybody. And to be honest, coming to this point, I'm thinking we might as well start bringing Vimmer and Bauer back in. What was in that glass there? No but, no, but the reason is, is that we we, we need men, and, mm. and they're on enough money. Start shoving them in. Yeah. At the end of the day, they, they can't be worse options than nobody. Well, I mean, but Bauer is could could. Bauer's dis- got pace, hasn't well, he? Well, I think he yeah. does all right on the wings. I think on the wings. We could do. I mean, we could do with a lending getting back fit as well. Well, we, I want to discuss Bauer and Vimy more so after the interview. So we'll talk about them later before the reveal. Obviously, the big question that everyone's excited about. You know, they're all they're, they're all they're all there waiting. Come on, what's this question? We can't do anything today because it's pouring down with rain. But wait till the question on the podcast. <laughs> when the question comes in, right? I'll give him a four. I can't give him any more. He barely had the ball. Oh. And it's not. It's not. I'm going to go at him. I just can't. There's nothing there. No. And now here we go. The left side again. Mister Superstar four months ago. Now I don't really seem doing anything. Which is Josh Diamond. Another disappointing performance mm. in those. Cre- I, get, I get the feeling with Diamond that the in out in out does not suit him. He's got to have. He's got to be in every week. For, yeah, but you see any any improvements on him? But he's got to put them performances in to deserve yeah. that. You've got, got to well. deserve to play. I understand that, but you do see it with some players where when they drop in and out the side, it, they they can't turn it back on again. But he has played three games in a row now and done well, apart nothing. from one cross. So I don't think he's done anything. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was such a poor performance from time. He's he's possibly for me the most frustrating player on Stokes books. I don't think he's the most frustrating because the one I get most frustrated with is Lee Gregory. 
because Lee, I know Lee Gregory, there's a good player in there, but he just can't seem to get it out you of him. You could see that with Simon at the end of last season, he was running riot. He oh yeah, did, did we, now we understand why Stoke decided to go for time instead. Well, actually, they don't, I still don't actually know why they went for time over Robertson, but you could see why they took the gamble on time. Because he has got the quality. Yeah. He's very good at going forward and he's very creative, but the problem is he goes missing too much. Mm. And these are the opposites, because we've had three really good quality young players come through. Well, now four, because Birgit's come into the scene. Yeah. Collins doesn't go missing. Suter doesn't go missing. And Campbell never goes missing. The problem is, Thompson, Tymon and Brown all go missing. Yeah. And that's the big problem with them. That's where you know where these have got to start upping their game. Because we need them now. Yeah. That's the thing. Before we didn't... If we had players there and around that we could rely on at these specific times, but I know he didn't get much of the ball because basically, who was going to give him the ball? Yeah, and we, we were resorting to long balls because we were desperate and we, we, we really struggled on that game. So, I, I'm going to give him a four, same as Brown, to be honest. Probably not their fault, but I don't care. You've got to do something, you've got to, you've got to try and get into the game yeah. and work your way into it, and they just didn't. Right, the return of Stephen Fletcher for him, obviously an injury, probably doesn't isn't really match sharp. But to be honest, you can't do anything with no ball really. He had lost nothing. his supply. He's lost yeah, his yeah, supply. He absolutely had nothing to work yeah. with on, on Saturday. Yeah, he's, he's lost his supply now, and Campbell was that guy who was pulling defenders out of the way, flatching and creating these spaces and gaps for him. And the problem is now. Even before Fletcher came in, we had that problem before, where we used ping balls to Vokes and you know what it's like folding the ball up. He can't, yeah. And and it, we just become isolated. And Fletcher was isolated, and he saw that at the start of the season when Campbell wasn't playing. Fletcher started, didn't score straight away, did he? Because he was so isolated, and and the thing is, we're so lacking with supply up front. We're not just lacking up front, we're lacking supply up front now as well. Yeah, I think the, the squad had something to do with it, but I'll, I'll give him a six, because yeah. I mean, he did get a breakthrough, it was, it was assumed as offside, but at least at least there was that still little, that little chance of deadliness that could have come to something. Um, yeah, that's all I could say about that the squad. The overall, I'll give Michael O'Neill, I'll give him a six. I'll give him a six, because he's got a point out of a game, which for me... A game we should have possibly lost, really. Well, I mean, you've got to think, they've, they're free unbeaten, they've done well. I'd take it as a good result, good set of points. Overall, yeah, it's got to be a six. Can't stay positive. It's got to stay positive, especially after what's happened now. Campbell's out and a few other people are out, so you just got to take it on the chin and that's all we can we do. We want to keep you on. Right, so the second part of the question... He played for Man United, where he won the FA Cup, won the League Cup with Stoke, and didn't play for England, and of course played for Crew and Bale as well. Yeah, it's not ever, I had a thought about it, but has he been a manager? No. No, he hasn't been a manager. He's put me right back. Well, he might have done, but I'm... You're unaware. Yeah, I'm unaware that he has. Right, we've got a guest, and as we mentioned earlier about boxing, about... AJ, the super AJ. He's going to get smashed by Fury. Yeah, he's going to lose to Fury. It's quite obvious, really. Um, right, we've got a big guest for this week. He is the reigning 
IBO middleweight champion, continental, continental champion, <laughs> and who of course is Nathan the Hitman Heaney. That's a big guest. Big guest. So, hello, Nathan. How are we today? Very good, mate. Yeah, just uh, busy with the family and stuff, but overall, not too bad at all. I've been coping in lockdown. Um, at first, it was mint. I loved it at first. It was straight. The first, the original lockdown was straight after when I won the when I won the IBO title. So it was a nice little break. But then I think four or five months into it, I was thinking, when's this going to end now? Because then you start getting hits, you want to get back in there and stuff. And yeah, it's, it's been going around. It's a bit. I'm still in training well now. I was I was preparing for a fight at the end of December. I think that's happening now. Yeah, I'm on track, mate. I'll be fighting soon. That's just training been affected or out like that because of, of um, the tears yeah, and that? Yeah, well, because well, I'm, I'm a professional athlete and counts as like in brackets elite or whatever, you can still train in your gym and I can still train in commercial gyms as well. So it's not been too bad in, in that regard. It means that you weren't able to spar at different places because obviously you don't want to like catch your argument to someone else if you had it potentially. And it's, it's, logistically, it's been a nightmare. I've still been able to get fit and everything. So yeah, it's been good really. Well, I mean, last time you fought, obviously you won the title in Birmingham, obviously made a big storm. People knew, obviously, because of your following, really. How does it feel to have Delilah aimed at one person? Because even the Stoke players don't know what that's like. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, mate. To be fair, when I walk out, obviously I boxed in Birmingham a year ago, November 30th, but since then is when I boxed at the King's Hall for the title. So it's just short 400 of us that went down to Birmingham. And then in the last fight, there was like, there was like 1,300 people in there. Crazy because by Kerry still lives on. I'm a Stoke player. I mean, we all dream of growing up playing for City. You know what I mean, I was I was a better boxer than I was football. But yeah, it's, it's it's incredible just the atmosphere and walking out to the Isles. You can't even imagine it. I know, like we were trying to get tickets for one of the fights, but couldn't manage to get older one. And yeah, we were trying to go. Yeah, that, that's probably the last one I boxed. Is they completely sold out? Like completely, it's madness. Absolutely madness. When your next fight, and it's, if you get a big arena, it's going to be literally just Stoke fans everywhere. <laughs> That's what I want to speak to Frank Warren that was. Because ideally, I want to be fighting in Manchester Arena. So I can't think of anything better than, let's say, City at home, play at home, and then people can watch the match and stuff. And then you literally get on the train to Manchester, what, it's like an hour. Straight up, the, straight up there, dead easy train. I think there would easily be over a thousand of them up there anyway. Oh, they'd sell out, yeah. They've created yeah. the greatest so all day yeah. ever, haven't they? Really? <laughs> the noise would be unreal. Like, imagine Manchester Arena. So, especially if I was a player in Manchester as well. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be good, mate. Be good. You've got to imagine, though, Stoke playing Man United away and then beating 1 0 and then come watch one of your fights. Be a bit leery there, I know you're just going to the promoter. Change it to this state for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a little change that one. Right, so like I say, you're unbeaten at the moment, aren't you, as a fighter? Yeah. You know, do you, reckon, do you reckon you're going to be a world champion? Have you got that in your mind? <laughs> to be honest, mate, my goal at this moment time is to become a British champion because. If you become a British champion, then you could potentially become a world champion. But the oldest one first is that British title. Because domestically, the UK, we're some of the best fighters in the world. It's usually the USA and America. The USA and the UK are the best fighters in the world. So, especially at middleweight, it's about like Liam Williams was, was the British champion. And if I was to fight him, I might as well be fighting for a world title because he's ranked number two in the world. But he's not now, he vacated Denzel Bentley as the champion. But I, I do believe I can win a British title. I do believe that. And whether that happens next year, 
That'll be fantastic. But I can't say whether you're going to be a world champion because you've got to become a British champion first. But I do believe I can become a British champion. I do. If you do that, you never know what could happen after that. Well, that's the main one, isn't it? Because at the moment, Britain, as you say, is dominating boxing at the moment, yeah. aren't they? So, yeah. you know, to literally, if it's like if you fought Tyson Fury or what, I mean, you won't, obviously, because of the weight difference. But, yeah. if I mean, if you fought somebody like that, and you already kind of know you can be world champion at that point anyway, so... Exactly, because at one point, someone had to fight Tyson Fury for the British title. Someone did have to, someone had to do that. And, and technically, you went on to be one of the best in the world. So, it's just what fights come along and who we fight and... And just see what happens, mate. But I, I do believe if it all goes well, I can win the British title. Then I can decide on where I can go in the future on that. If you do get the World Championship chance, you'll have to get us two two tickets. <laughs> yeah, well, well if, if I ever did fight for the World Title, that would 100% be at the ground, that would. That's why I've got to keep winning. I've got to keep winning. I've got to win the British title. But if you get something like a World... Look at uh, Josh Wellington from East Oak Leeds, lad. When he won a World Title, he was one of Frank Warren's boys. Won a world title, the exact same kind of thing as me. Big football lad, but just kept winning. And then all the next thing he's, he's selling Billy Allen Rodos, and it's just. But you've got to have that world title or a major fight to be able to to bring bring the crowd in. But yeah, that's not the goal. Do you like you say that? Is the segregation it fights at this moment in time? Yeah. Or do you mean just in general? Well, I mean like segregation. Because imagine you were fighting him from Leeds and Stoke oh, there with Leeds. Yeah, well, yeah. See, well. Yeah, that, that's the issue you, you, you can have with a lot of kind of stuff like that. They, they will have security at certain events. The one I boxed in Birmingham, I originally was going to be fighting the lad from Bron. At first, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be a bit, a bit mad. Because I'm sure Leeds were around the city that time as well, like in Birmingham the same night. I'm sure there was some kind of cup game or something here, and I can't remember. Either way, there's a few few football lads on there. Now, they'll, um, they'll be segregated, yeah. I was about to say, yeah, because it could be violence. Yeah, they've been bloody, bloody now, especially, especially if the other side lose, it'd be a big kick-off, mate. Yeah, bloody hell, couldn't be losing, mate, couldn't be losing. <laughs> right, so obviously you said you're like a big Stoke fan, so how did it begin? Yeah, so really, it was, it was through my uncle, like my uncle Bill. He lived on Callum, uh, Campbell Road, the old Belmas. They were my first ever introductions to Stoke City as a kid. I mean, my dad, he, he was a Stoke supporter until he said that well, the tickets went up in price. I think towards that, when, this is he's talking bloody decades ago. He's just a tight horse, really, I think. <laughs> but, but yeah, my uncle just do a massive, massive City fans. And I was a goalkeeper when I was younger. So I always had like the, the Stoke City goalkeeper tops and that. I just always wanted to be a goalkeeper, but I let too many goals in. <laughs> that was the only issue. But I think I would have fitted that in over the last few seasons, anyway. Yeah, and then just. Well, I think my first ever game, it was either against like Tamiro or Scunthorpe. Either way, I just remember us falling in the last minute. I think it must have been 1998, I think my first ever game was. And then, yeah, then we probably one of my earliest memories of all, I think it was also Glass, uh, when we went down to Wembley, the old Wembley. Just been a, like a city lad all the way through, really, up until now. It was the player that got you properly into Stoke when you were young. Yeah, Cabernet for me. Like, yeah, playing Cabernet. <laughs> I remember seeing him. I, I was a kid, young kid as well. I went to the region theatre. They had like a pantomime going on at Christmas. And all the Stoke City players were there doing signings and stuff. And I remember just seeing Cabernet and just thinking, like, he's like one of like, my absolute idols. Throughout the years, there's some quality players. He wants the pantomime villain, wants it, Cabernet. Yeah, Cabernet, yeah. <laughs> After what, how he left, yeah. How did you yeah. feel when he left for Cardi? I was very young at the time. I wasn't like massively happy because obviously he'd be one of my favourite players, but. Because I've seen, I've seen him get a bit of stick on Twitter, to be fair, from a few Stokies and that. I always think, oh, bloody hell. So he's like one of my 
he was one of his young idols who was growing up, so it's weird seeing it, but yeah, it is what it is, mate, isn't it? It's football. I hate him, but I was a young kid, mate, I was a young kid. <laughs> you know, how old are you? Yeah, I'm 33, I'm, I'm getting on a bit now. Yeah, so to be fair, we're not, we're, not, we're not too different, we're not too different at all. We need to tell you perceptions on players and stuff. No, he was a great player, no question of that. Oh, yeah. I really thought he was a brilliant player, but I didn't like how he went to Cardiff. That's that's why I don't like him. And he, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he, he never mentioned Stoke since, really. He came back to yeah, the ground yeah. about, when was it, about two, three seasons ago, and literally sort of like, he was great in Cavan, and it was like half booze and a couple of... <laughs> shouldn't have come back. Well, you could say the same yeah, about Arnie, yeah. couldn't you? Arnie was a good player for Stoke, but the way he left wasn't great, so... Play. Exactly. One of the best players we've had. Yeah, so I mean, like, like being a Stoke fan, like growing up, did you have season tickets? Did you go a lot? Yeah, I thought I was season ticket all the stuff and just every week. I've never been a massive, never been going to away games. I've picked the away games out the years just because mainly family, really. Like, it's, I'm training all the time, working full time and stuff, so you, you know, it's like you sort of watch when it comes to the, it's a full day away. It's like six in the morning till whatever time I get back in the night, so it's uh, mainly the own games. I don't miss the other game and stuff. Gets to the big away days when I can do. Trying to juggle both at the same time, trying to be, you know, trained for boxing and trying it, to go it, stoke at the same time. Yeah, it's, it, well, the, the games are easy in terms of like, the areas. it's easy, everything else in between, mate. It's just now, go back to the first two years of pro, I was working full time, full time at college and doing the boxing, mixing city in between. It was very hard to balance all, but the, the football was the, the bit of a release. But the only thing is, the last three years up until now, it's been pretty painful the last three seasons. Yeah, it has, yeah. And while we're playing, and it's just weird, even when we're not playing good, we're getting the results where that's just gone against us for the last, however long now. Did you go to the cup final and all that stuff? Did you see the good times when we were well, good? The FA Cup final. Well, I, I worked at Booker, Cassie Carey, yeah. um, and we like another time off with. But I did finish earlier that day to get back to the pub to watch it, which is going, it's one of the greatest days ever, that. Especially the semi-final. Probably up there for me, that. Yeah, it's it's the game, game. It's a game. Who was the player that made you think, wow, my favourite player of all time? And surely it's not Graham Kavanagh, but he can be if you want to be. I think Ricardo Fuller, for me, like I think was the first goal we ever saw scoring the penalty and it was against Villa. Yeah, was yeah. It? And, and it's just, some of the stuff he did was just like, if it was someone like Billy Messi, and they'd have done it. Do you know what I mean? They'd have been talking about some of the goals forever. The and then obviously, So what do you reckon of the team now and, and how we've been playing recently? Do you reckon this is it now? Do you reckon, like myself, I think we'll win the league this year? <laughs> Are you optimistic at the same time as well? No, it's already... I remember the start of last season, me and my mate Clarkson, and I was like, right, this is the season, mate, we're going up. And then I think the first game of the season was QPR. I was in the stadium thinking, what is this? This is that atrocious. But anyway, now I think... I don't think we're going to win the league, 
the championship, we, it's just about who can be consistent. But we're now fifth, and we haven't even got the full strength squad. I mean, Fletcher was out, McKinnell was out, Joe Allen's been out for however long. It was, obviously, and I think with Collins and Stewart at the back, eventually when they form something, I think they're going to be, they're going to be good, they're going to be good. Well, I've got a feeling promotion could be on this year, because... Well, well I, I don't know, man, I can't... <laughs> I, I think I say this, because I don't want to get me over up too much, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but I think, I think we can definitely do a good push for the promotion. I mean, like in the playoffs, who knows? Nice. Like, Playoff five. You only have to look at bloody Lees. When we went down, I, I was thinking, it, it, was, it was gutting, because obviously we've been there for so long, but... And you'll know it's going to be for us to get out of that league. Only because it's just the consistency and how can we keep it. But, like I say, we're getting the results out now when we have got some of them key players that are missing. Because I, I personally think Fletch is class. I think he's class. I think he's just, he's got a, a, bit, of, a bit of something about him. And I think he'll bring the best out of Campbell and that. I think he's good. Well, I mean, when you get your box in the future, when you're obviously world champion, <laughs> you know, you'll be able to meet all the players because you'll be obviously invited around the club a lot more at that point. So convinced. The, the, I mean, it was funny, the, the environment of the Wellington Suite last season, and I thought, oh, that's midnight. They, they put me on, like, the guest table. So I invited my mates and went up there. And, yes, yeah, so I'm sitting on the guest table thinking, I wonder who, this, who, the, who the legend is, like the Stoke City legend and stuff, whoever they've got there. The next minute, Terry Conroy comes, comes over to me and starts talking to me. I speak to him and then all of a sudden he just starts asking me some questions. I was thinking, what's going on here? It was Mint, he was Ace. <laughs> uh, so that, that was cool. I mean, yeah, like, I'm a boxing all day, it's all right, like, but it's just not the same as being, it's just not the same. Is it like, it's just not the same as being in the stand at all? I, I wouldn't be getting in the box anyway. It's the same thing. It's the same. I love being in the stand. Right, well, it's in a because I've been in the box a few times myself. It's you kind of feel subdued, like kind of because the people oh. around you aren't as fiery yeah, no, as the Stoke fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. not not all. You can't you can't sing like you want to sing. You can't swear when you want to swear the way you would do normally. It's yeah, it's not the same. Well, you just it's imagine, can't fall down the stairs when you score last minute? When yeah, you can't <laughs> you can't throw beer around. You can't. <laughs> No, no, have a go at the away fans. It's just not the same. Is it? I, to no, it myself, I couldn't go in the box anyway. I mean, you might have to if you become that famous because you're literally that ambush. You say, yeah, it's just, I, I just feel sorry for the bloke next to me. Like, I just always grab the guys and then just chuck them around whenever we score. Like, and it's a last minute one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just pure, pure emotion, isn't it? I don't know. Oh, it it's, it's, it's unreal. It's it's, a, uh, yeah, and I mean, like I say about promotion stuff, I think last game of the season, so they ain't Bournemouth. Uh, so I'm sure there'll be a few thousand Stokies on Bournemouth Beach if that's the case. Oh, God, yeah, I'm really hoping go that one. Yeah. yeah. To be honest. It's a weekend away, though. It's it? a weekend one, that is. That's yeah, a weekend away and, and just proper enjoyed. To well, I was gutted, I was gutted um, this year, this, this season just gone because Leeds away was coming up. I think it was like October, I mean, April the 10th or something. But that's obviously March. Yeah, that's when the lockdown happened, so the games, the games got cancelled, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So that's the last time we were going to play them, really, until so obviously we get back in the prem, or they get knocked down, but I've really seen how they've been doing up there, to be fair. They do all right, they're sort of mid-table yeah. at the moment, Leeds. They, yeah, they, not bad. Yeah, they do all right. They're not as bad as Sheffield United, but they're, they're doing well. Yeah. Because Sheffield United have played 11 and lost 10. Yeah. <laughs> and draw, draw, got <laughs> well, a point. Thanks, have you seen Derby? Yeah. I know you've found a part, yeah. Reverse, like, the start of the season last season, they were up there, we were bottom. 
Shall we have a bottom games? Chris, shall we? Yeah, yeah. He battered us as well. Yeah, he battered us, yeah. Yeah, absolute madness. Well, saying that, like, I think one of the... Because you think about the good games over the years, and we haven't really had any many over the last few seasons, but I think one of the best ones that we had, it was just like old Stoke. It's um, Derby, Stoke, and we beat them 2-1, and in scored, I'm sure it was in... In yeah, school, well, yeah. Made the atmosphere. It was just like it, it just like it used to be. Like it was almost full at that stadium was. It was just it was, it was awesome. Yeah, there's been a few couple of games. Well, it was Rams, the last game, it was my birthday that game was. And we decided to travel up on the Friday because it was a Friday night kickoff and we got absolutely battered. 4 0 Josh Tarman literally, I don't think he turned up to be honest. Vokes was terrible. Yeah, Vokes was terrible. He wasn't very good, but I mean, the transformation, I mean, you must be impressed yourself. I mean, how they've literally gone from bottom of the league to a team that really, if it wasn't for refereeing decisions. Oh, yeah, it's changed. I mean, I haven't watched the documentary copy yet, but it was a, the BBC did a feature on O'Neill with, with Ireland and stuff, and, and they were just talking about how oh, he is a proper. A pre- he, he sort of reminds me of a Ferguson, I know that sounds a bit mad. But he's got that, that kind of old school kind of. He looks like you wouldn't mess about with him. He seems really cool when he's speaking, but I, I don't think that, I think the players respect him essentially. He hasn't really done a lot in club football, but he's ended up really becoming one of the best managers you can believe. So, yeah, this is his first full season, and if it wasn't yeah. for the bad, bad, you know, refereeing decisions against Norwich, the bad I ones against. You are right, we'd be top, are we? You're top, we're literally top, because we would have beat Watford and we probably would have got a point yeah. against Norwich, would have been top of the league. So yeah. that's what I say, whenever people come to me at work or whatever and go, well, I'm not sure this, that and the other, go, if it wasn't for the referee, we'd be top of the league. We've got seven yeah. players injured yeah. as well. We've got, we've got players yeah, and injured. And that's what I'm saying in terms of we're doing that well. Where we're not even we're not full strength and we're not playing the best football yet either. Like we're playing some good stuff here and there, but we're still not we're, we're still not the finished products. And if and if you can say that in your fifth, I think that that's, gives us some good momentum going into the following on for Christmas. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, we've got we've got a couple of big games coming up now. We've got Cardiff on Tuesday. I mean, we've got the quarter final. Everyone keeps forgetting about this. We're in a quarter final yeah, of the yeah, League yeah. Cup and all. <laughs> When's that? Is that end of December? Yeah, 23rd, Daddy, so it's just before well, Christmas. You know, yeah. What, yeah, yeah. what a Christmas treat that could be, a semi-final yeah. of the Carabao Cup. Nice, yeah. that'd be about something like that. I mean, at the end of the day, I think we get it, we should get Michael O'Neill knighted, never mind, go up. <laughs> <laughs> Give me yeah. two of them vaccines if we make it to yeah. Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was that team we lost to uh, on Penham's last season in the Cup? What, I can't even remember who it was, that was a crew... I can't even remember who it was. We lost to Penos. It was just dreadful. I can't, I can't remember, can't remember myself played. now, actually. It was totally to Penos last year. I can't remember, but yeah, I don't know what you mean. We lost yeah. most weeks last yeah, year. Yeah, we lost every week last year, remember. don't we? Wrestling <laughs> <laughs> and Nathan Jones. I don't think we could have beat two teams, <laughs> to, to be honest. That, yeah. yeah and then obviously Huddersfield. Then last game before everything locked down, it's home to Hull. I think we beat like oh. five one or five two. Like the goals we scored under O'Neill's is madness, considering how many we haven't scored for for a, for a bit. Like, yeah, it's, it's incredible the, the transformation that's been going on. 
So we wanted to like, discuss with you like your favourite ever managers and all that stuff. Who, who, who was your favourite ever manager at Stoke? It's purely, purely, purely um, just for what he did for the club. Just, uh, yeah, the football wasn't fantastic in the end, but again, to get us where we were in the first place was just incredible. I think Mark Hughes was a very good manager. And when we had Arnie, Shakiri and, and the like, it was just, it was some amazing football. In fact, I saw him, um, I, went, I went golf with the lads, play some golf, we do it every year, just go for a few drinks and stuff. We were just about to tee off and watch them all, and he's bloody there. So I was thinking, oh, but like, I felt like questioning on the side of the old and Bula and that, but I thought, I thought I'd leave it, wouldn't say out soon. But yeah, Tony Tony Pulis just for the fact of what he did. But if O'Neill can do what he did, bloody hell, mate, he'll be, he'll be one of the all-time greats as well. So you said Tony Pulis, what are your best memories of Tony Pulis on the pitch or off the pitch, really? Best memories? Do you remember, well, was it when... Was it his mum or something died? Yeah, his mum and dad, like, yeah. And he came on yeah, at half-time. And he come out, he was after half-time. It's just, it just that, that was the kind of, that's the kind of bloke he was. Like, do you know what I mean? Just that you just get on with it and you crack on, you work rock hard. Like, I know he pieces the players and stuff. All, like, Lawrence and that, they've all got, like, massive respect for, for Pulis. Even from when we got promoted, that just, just seeing the way he was on the, on the sidelines and stuff, he was just purely, the, the passion with the, from the bloke was... It was amazing. Yeah, he was. He was a great manager for Stoke, let's be honest. I think he's probably the best in my lifetime, to be honest, as manager, well, to be honest. Well, I mean, if we do get promoted, the, like the youngsters now are just very... They've been treated to something special because most Stoke supporters have had to have the, 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 the bad performances and stuff and being in the lower leagues for years and years and years. And then, like, anyone that's obviously been there, like a young kid... Like, we didn't, the ones that didn't see the cabinets and stuff, and they just saw, like, the team that got promoted, they've they, they been very lucky, haven't they? So, it's, uh, we just got to see what happens. Yeah, I think he'll be all right at the end of the day. I think I can only see yeah. positive things with him. Yeah, absolutely. Right, so, before we obviously let you go and get yourself back to normal, um, I wanted to talk to you about your favourite ever moment of st- being a Stoke fan. The one moment yeah. where you yeah. it was just pure joy. Yeah, could see, be a goal, um, yeah, I, I yeah. When we had Chelsea at home, and it was, I think it's 2 2, it's like last minute, and Asaidi absolutely hit that absolute screamer. It was like one of the, that was, for me, that was one of like the, the all, all time, like just absolute mental, absolute mental. Obviously, we had the, the when we beat Bolton 5 1, that was, that was up there. There's, there's, there's too many, mate, there's too many. I mean, even in like one of the best away to Man City. Man City when uh, was it Juve that went round? Yeah, ran through the pitch and put yeah, it away. Unreal, unreal. So there's, there's, there's been there's been a lot, mate. There's been a lot. I can't believe you mentioned that ACAD one because it's a bit of a sore sore note for me. That is. Because I'd left, I was going, <laughs> I was good walking to get to the car, and then I was like, and then I just heard the crowd erupt, and I was like, oh for God's sake! Oh, mate, it was just. You know, when you're literally, you're going to chuck someone down the stairs. It's like, it's that kind of, it's, it's meant, it's meant. Oh, I'm devastated about that one. <laughs> I don't think I've seen Stoke beat Chelsea when I've been at the ground and I've been every game. It's quite scary. Right, so before we let you go, just want to have a little bit, see what the future is for Nathan E. What's going to be happening in the future? And you go as far as you want with the future. Just tell us what your plans are and what's going to go on. Well, I'm hoping to find very, very early in 2021. Hopefully get something else very soon. Just keep winning, keep winning fights, keep making sure we keep taking places over. 
keep, keep growing as we are and then just yeah but become a British champion and then just do, do so proud just Stoke Orange Trent and Stoke City as a whole do you know what I mean just, just they all lot together that's brilliant, yeah. I think we are behind you anyway. We're all going to get behind you. And I liked yeah. how he avoided the question where I said, can you get us tickets? And he was like, hey, well. Anyways, <laughs> 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 any tickets for the right price, thanks. <laughs> 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 somebody said that to me before, yeah. To be fair, Frank Warren, you have to, every single ticket's accounted for. So anything, you couldn't give any freebies, you have to pay for it yourself. So it'd be a, it'd be a, I don't yeah, mind paying for it, it's just getting older. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, oh, you can definitely get some tickets, yeah. <laughs> when it comes down to it, it's, um, all I do is when I announce the fights, usually, I, I always message everyone that's gone to me fights previously, and anyway, just to let them know first before I officially announce it. But when I do announce it, I just say to people, listen, just let me know. Because I think now as well, people know the, know the score. When it, when, it, when it gets announced, it literally they sell out really quickly, so... It's, and it's not even that, it's just meant, mate, it's just slacking away, they, it's just mint. So, people should get the other with He and his ultras. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can see. We have to make sure we can't get on a bit over there. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to get a song. We'll have to get a song where if he, if he, if he loses, we're, on the, we're in the ring. The <laughs> <laughs> well, joke I mean, doesn't happen, he, obviously. Hey, yeah, I mean, they'd be cacking themselves a little bit. The man's almost had 2,000 soakies, but yeah. I know, uh, someone like you fighting against somebody from Woking or something like What's going on here? <laughs> it must be terrifying for the other, especially in the, the ones in Hanley, of course, the ones where you're doing that. It must be terrifying for the opposition going, oh, What the hell's yeah, happening it's, here? It's a proper Right, it's been brilliant, mate. So we'll probably invite you on again in the future if if you're all right with that. Yeah, right. Right, cheers, that mate. We'll let you get off. Yeah. Thanks for that. Right, so, see, you said you wanted to have a, a fan on. We've had a fan on, but it's a big on. fan. Yeah. yeah, and this one's a fan that could possibly be a world champion, and we might get tickets. He didn't put them out of the way. He didn't say definitely no there or yes. And because it's an audio file and it's going online, it's a legal binding document. It's a legal binding document. <laughs> so he's got to get his tickets now for his next big fight or when he becomes world champion. Right, so that's been a great guess. So just to bring it back to Stoke before we finish, I wanted to talk about could we maybe start thinking about the possibility of bringing in Daniel Sturridge to Stoke? There's a lot of talk of it. I put it up on the on the Potters. Make sure you join the Potters, by the way, if you're listeners. Join the Potters on on Facebook. We're also Potters Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Make sure you join and get involved in these conversations we're having. Well, it, it is a question that's just come in from Danny about who would you bring in in January. I think numbers are quite slim. Only <laughs> who we could bring in. I think though that he, he does become a, vi- a, a viable option now. If you can get him fit and you can get somewhere near to what Daniel we know Daniel Sturridge can do, he should score goals in the Championship. He it? should do. I mean, he scored 18 goals in the Turkish League last season. So, yeah. I, I, at this moment in time, now Campbell's injured, I'd take the gamble on him. If he's coming in just on loan, it doesn't matter. Well, this has been partly the problem with Stoke. We've brought people in on big contracts. I'd like if he's got, hasn't got a club, he's out of contract. It should be a free transfer. It'd be a free transfer, yeah. That's what I mean. Well, we, short term. But we can say too, we haven't, nobody's knocking down the door. We're willing to give you a contract till the end of the season. You prove yourself now, from now till the end of the season. 
It can't be, you could have another contract. We might give you another contract if yeah. we're in the Prem or whatever, you might get a better one or two year yeah. deal. And it might be the, the revolution for his career that he needs. Yeah. He's been out of the way for a while, he hasn't been able to get a club, he's been around the local area, he's got history in his blood, because of course he's uncle. Yeah, we went Connington Island, he? Yeah, he's, so. he's local to, well, especially us, because Connington's yeah. down the road. But the thing is, his uncle played for Stoke, played I think, well over 100 games for Stoke, yeah. was a part of the SAS. It's all, all sort of makes sense, really, for him to cut. The thing is, like you've just said, six months, prove yourself, you might get a bigger offer elsewhere, or you might decide to say, well, I like it here, and, and we think you're doing good enough. Because let's face it, Sturridge comes in now, scores 10 goals a season. You keep him over Vokes, don't you? <laughs> well, yeah, at the end of the day. Well, he likes to, I think from the looks of it, he likes to play two up top and he likes to have the strong man, which is obviously first choice is Fletcher. Fletcher. Because Gregory and what's his name aren't good enough. But looking at it seriously, like there's a lot of people going around saying, well, we, we, I'd rather Gale. We can't get Gale till January anyway. And, and by then... Playoffs and all that might be out the window because yeah. we're missing Campbell. So for me now, we can get him in, give him two weeks to get up to speed and training, get him up because he apparently is working out hard. He's at home in the gym all the time. He's playing sort of regular friendly games at Kids Grove and all that stuff, trying to get him keep himself fit. This might be the best thing for him having this six months where he isn't playing. But as we well rest. know, was Stoke. We've dragged our heels in the past when we could have jumped on things a bit early. And the thing is, if he's playing games at Kids Groove, he's down the road, get him in the door and sort it out if that's the case. Well, I think now, definitely, because with the injury with, with to Campbell, the injury Campbell yeah. now we need we need a striker. Yeah. And the thing is, we know he's lethal, because he's been lethal in the Premier League. He's played, what, over 40 times for England. He's got a lot of experience. He's got a lot of experience. Yes, he's got a lot of, a lot of time on the on the doctor's bench or whatever but the thing is if we can get him fit he could get us up simple as that we know how good he, good he is as a finisher yeah. and it's something for Campbell as well because he'd go oh right I've got this older man keeping me aside I better improve I better start getting some consistency well the thing is as we said before when you're playing Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday you need numbers and at the end of the day if you can get half a Daniel Sturridge out of him at that level he should score goals so the, the thing is with an injury to Campbell and Vokes being, for me, not just past retired, long retired, but um, we we need somebody. And the, and the problem is, we haven't got a pool of players to just sit and pick out. Yeah, we, we haven't got another strike, really. Jacob Brown, to be honest, like we've already discussed earlier on in player ratings, I don't trust him in them positions. And also I wanted to talk about, yes, there's obviously the great chance of getting storage. And I hope, I hope it does, because I think Storage could be the answer to a lot of the problems in that forward line at the moment. I mean, Fletcher and Storage could be a deadly combination in this division. But what I want to look at is we've got two players at the moment that are ex-international players that could be sort of rescued into the side, because they're, they're a part of the squad, um, and that's Kevin Vimmer and Moritz Bowie. I don't see why Vimmer... Why there's any point in them coming back? In. Um, we're not struggling at centre half. Oh, let's face it, we've got them queuing for centre half. Well, Danny Bat's injured now as well. Ryan isn't anywhere near sharp enough. Mm, I still think we've got enough. For, uh, well, at the moment, we've only got Chester, Shawcross technically, um, 
Collins and Suter, but Collins has been playing right back. But we've still got options at right back if necessary for him moving back into I, the middle. I, to be honest, I think Thomas Swift's done it, Stoke. I do. He, do, he, he clearly doesn't rate him. All, right at the end of the summer window, he's trying to get a right back in. But the good thing, what I liked about him, is he didn't do what what Jones did and went, yeah, go on, we'll have Stephen Ward. He, there was that option from that lad from Sheffield United who had barely kicked the ball. And he said, no, well, hang on, I'll go with Tommy Smith. But he obviously doesn't rate him because he's playing a centre-back at right-back, so he clearly doesn't rate Tommy that, Smith That's that something role. that Stoke have needed to do anyway, because sometimes fans can sit there and say, we need a right-back. But then there's no point in bringing a right-back in if he's no good to the team, the club, or anybody well, else. We've been making that mistake now for three, years, four years. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think Michael O'Neill, if he can't get the person he wants... I think he'd more prefer to look in the youth team and go, right, well, I can't get what I want for the money I've got in front of me. I'm not bringing somebody in who I don't want. I'll have a look at who's in the youth and I'll use that. Because if you notice this year, how he's pushed the youth through, he's gone, well, I can't really afford that sort of calibre of sensor off. To be honest, I think he's pushed the youth through because the players we brought in are that poor that he's had to. I think money comes in too as well. Well, I think it's just a waste of money that we brought Don't forget, in. with the financial fair play, there's only so much we can spend. And and the thing is, he's probably looked at it and gone, well, these lads are hungry and they want to play. So you'd, so you'd say definitely no to Kevin Vermeer? 100% wouldn't let him walk through the door. I wouldn't even let him walk on a car park. But this is the thing with Kevin Vermeer. Do you think he was asked to cheating by the club when he first came? Somebody was talking about this and I thought, logically, I thought... He does have a point. Like he was, he was, the first he, place. It was well, no, we didn't even need him at the time anyway. But this person made it quite clear. It was an Australian man who put something on Twitter. I, I couldn't find it again, to be honest, because I was going to link it to the pages. He said Kevin Vimy had a little run on the Stoke side and then was bombed out by Mark Hughes, and to never return again. Never got given another chance to come back in. He only played something like that, 16 games was it, he, he was given. And then he sort of bombed out. Now, I know his attitude obviously stinks, but but has he really been given that opportunity to play? He hasn't, but at the same time, nobody can sit here and say that their, whoever they work for or their boss hasn't done something that's really wound you up. And you full well know it's wrong, but you can't sp- throw your toys out the pram for the next three years with him. You've got to bite your tongue and move on. And the only way to do that was him to prove himself and say, listen, yeah, fair enough, in the past I've done things wrong or I've said things wrong, but I'm willing to either try and, let's try and find me a new club let's or work for me place or whatever. It's about being professional. It's not just about football, it's about anywhere. You've got to do it. You could fall out with, some, with a colleague outside of work. You're not going to take it into work and start doing it in front of other work colleagues and the boss. You've got to knuckle down and get on with your job. You're there, do a job. And that's the same with a footballer. You can't... The thing is, it's gone on too long now, Vermeer. He's childish. And for me, if I was his agent, I'd be saying to him, all right, fair enough, you were badly treated. But your career's going nowhere with your attitude. Nowhere whatsoever. Yeah, but he doesn't care about that. He just cares about money. Yeah, but he should care because his money's dwindling. Because the bigger the club, the more agency fees he gets. So as long as he's sitting there, scratching around, getting awful loan deals and, and everything else his money that he gets in is awful awful because you get it on each fee so he's sitting there going oh, well, I'm not getting anything 
Right, so you don't want Dravilla back? No. Right, okay. No. What about Bowie? Bowie's a strange one because when I first saw him come in, I thought we had quite a decent player there. Yeah, that, yeah, that fit, when he um, came in in January, I thought that was a good player. But the thing is, when you start looking at it, when he did come in, he actually played three games as, as a wing back. He played more on the left wing and the right wing under Paul Lambert. Mm. So you've got to think about with Bowie that I think he again was kind of also cheated by Gary Rowett. You give him this new contract to give him, keep him on Premier League money because it was the only impressive signing we made probably that season, to be honest. Mm. And I think he dropped to the Championship, willing to do it as well, very happy to stay at Stoke to, to fight to try and go up. And then Rowett just sort of didn't play him. He struggled. The thing is, I thought maybe the move to Celtic might have kick-started his career again on loan, but he fell out of the team there, no. Well, the thing is, with that, I, I just don't think he's a right-back. No. I mean, we'll, we're playing at this moment where we're playing with Jacob Brown, the right wing. He, he was an hard-working player, there's no question of it. But one thing Bowers is very good at is crossing the ball. He's, he's quick, and, and he's mo- the thing is, he, he's not a defender. He, he reminds me very much of Simon at left-back, at left where he gets pulled apart. But getting forward and getting down the channels, that he can do. And But like I say, I, I mean, was he at Celtic when Sinclair was still there? Or no, Sinclair no, Sinclair was at Preston. Then. Was he at Preston then? I was just thinking what might have kept him out of being on the wing. Well, he was brought to be a right-back once, but to be fair to Bowie, somebody called Frimpong, Jeremy Frimpong has come yeah. through and is supposed to be an incredibly young player. Yeah. Not now so much because the Celtic are crap, but I think <laughs> a lot of that's due to Neil Lennon, to be honest. And it's great. To be <laughs> but him, as Rangers are walking that league, I'm telling you now, they're back as champions. I think that as they're about and they're around, with this injury crisis we've got at the moment... If I'd pick, I'd pick Bauer. I, I would, I'd pick Bauer myself because yeah. I think Bauer... I think Bauer would be willing to try his best till the windows until his career's over. Mm. I think he'd rather knuckle in and play at the odd game. And I think as an option on the bench, and say we're desperate and think, right, we'll put him on the right, see what he does in the wing. Yeah, I think you, you, there could be something back from Bowie. You're probably right with Kevin Vimmer. I think he's too far gone with him now. I think yeah. he didn't want to come to it. Because it's clearly he didn't want to come to the club in the first place. He didn't want to go up north. He, he wanted to go back abroad. He wanted really to go the, to Bundesliga. The only thing I slightly feel sorry for him is the big move to Stoke when he'd only played four games for Spurs. Six games. Six, well, six. The thing is, what you've got to understand for, for a lad who's trying to break through the first team is it Tottenham. There's no eyes on him. Oh, he's there's not, no eyes on him. Well, there's no chance. He was not going to knock no, but there's no, there's there's no pressure on him. There's no pressure on him, apart from what is within, so on the coaching side of things. There's no pressure from Tottenham fans. There's no, there's no pressure at all. It's just he, he's one of our reserve team players or whatever. But there's not a lot of pressure because it was only a £5 million, £6 million deal. Yeah, I'm not about the cost. What I'm saying is he's got time to, to get his game in a better shape at Tottenham without any real eyes on him. He can just get on with it and, and get better. The problem is, you move to Stoke in the Premier League and you class as first choice, it's a lot of pressure on him straight yeah, away. So the thing is, he, he never really was. Like when he first moved in, Mark Hughes was trying this free at the back system. 
because he's he should have been gone at this point, Mark Hughes, because he's he he lost faith in his own tactics and just got desperate and because the yeah. board wouldn't sack him. He was just getting worse and worse. Yeah. But he brought Kevin Vimmer in because he thought, well, we'll have him. And originally the fee was only eight million, mm. but Pulis wanted him as well. And for some reason, Peter Coates did the same with Berahino. He wants this man, we're digging his heel and we're getting him. Yeah. And the price went ridiculous and went to 18 million. And I think the problem is with him is that he wasn't obviously sharp. He wasn't match fit. He no. came in right towards the end of the window as well. So he didn't really have a pre-season. No. He came in, didn't play the first five or six games, then finally got in, wasn't fit, wasn't sharp. And I'd only had five, what, seven or eight games, substitute PMC there and everywhere. Couldn't He, he, he didn't get a chance. That no. Austrian was right. He didn't get a chance to play no. and get fit and get confident and get sharp. And then before you know it, the club's got a vendetta against him and wants him out because it cost him 18 million. So at the end of the day, you can understand why he's got an hatred towards the club and won't want, and doesn't want to leave till he's got all his money. Yeah, you, you can see, you can see a sign. But the thing is, he's got to come out of it and say, "Well, I'll prove to you that I am worth. I would have been worth." That's the thing. You proving people wrong is the way to go about it. Having a petulant attitude isn't. And the thing is, he if he'd have show if he'd have come out the other side and gone, because for me. If you stuck at a club where you can't get game time, you go out on loan and you smash that loan. You go out and do well. Yeah, but the, the thing, but the thing is, with, with it though, when when you're an out of form player and you go out on loan, this is a man who's barely really played in three years, near enough. Mm. He was never really playing at Tottenham, only in cup matches every now and again. And at that time, Tottenham were being knocked out of every cup near enough first round at that time. So he barely played, he comes Stoke, barely played, and then he's gone out on loan to Germany, where he, he he did okay at first, but then he was bollocks, he was knackered after, yeah. he, was, he just wasn't fit. Yeah. And then he went out on loan again to Belgium, but the problem is because of the FD loan fees and the wages he's got, they're expecting him to be the star of the show. Yeah. So he's never really been able to get himself going. And I know a lot of that's probably his own fault. But not just his fault, his agent's fault as well. Well, yeah, he never should have gone to Stoke. He should have he should have waited and gone back to the Bundesliga and, yeah. and he, he might have had a career again. But it's just a shame that it, what's happened's happened. I mean, for, but the good thing is, we've heard no fuss from him. There's been no kicking off. He was at the beginning, wasn't he? Because didn't they go to the training ground one? Start of the season, and they were laughing and joking about. Oh, that was Nathan Jones, yeah. yeah. Nathan Jones was coming in. Any, um, because the press will kill a football career. Stone Dad weren't it by reporting stuff. The the thing is, when things get reported, it makes the fans' hatred even more towards a player, even though you don't know the ins and outs of it. Yeah, I, to be honest, from this this Austrian thing, I, I started thinking, yeah, he has actually got a point there. Because before that, I was like, oh, God, he's absolutely wasted time. He was getting rid of him, all this stuff. But when you start looking at it, he never played, never really got a chance to play. But he's not, the thing is, you can sit there and say, oh, well, he, he, you've got a feel for him. He's not the first, and he certainly isn't going to be the last. He, he was like Berahino, though, was he? Kicking off all the time and purposely no, no. not, not performing. But he's the worst side in this club's mate. How many players have you seen turn up at clubs and have an absolute stinker and then. 
go somewhere else and rip it up and score goals for fun a million times. Loads of players. There's loads of them who've gone clubs and should never have gone. There's players that have gone big clubs. Oh, Dave Kitchell was one, wasn't he? He pretty much said to his agent, I don't really want to go up north, I'm happy where I am. Yeah. And they forced it because Reading wanted the money. Yeah, didn't do well at Stoke, went back Reading, scored it back up again, scored goals. I didn't go back Reading. He did in the end. When? He went back Reading. He went Portsmouth from Stoke. No, but what I'm saying is, he still ended up back at Reading and did well. What I'm saying is, as players have bad moves, but still recover. By chucking your prams like the toys out the pram all the time, you're getting nowhere. I'll be forcing myself out the door, even if I take a drop in wages. You rebuild your career. It's a short career. It, it, that's a, how they used to be, weren't they? And that's, mm. that's like the 70s and 80s way, and that's just how it goes. And yeah, you're probably right. At the end of the day, we. Verma probably. I, think, I don't think there's a chance for Verma, but I think there is a bit of a glimmer with the. It might be with Bowery. That there could be a bit of a yeah. Bowery turn. Because the, the thing is, we've, we've already mentioned tonight, haven't we, that Fletcher's supply is very short. Yeah, and it could be ball. a good supply. Here's a good cross for the ball. And if yeah. we do play with this winger part, McLean on the left and then Bauer on the right, it could be. It could, could, be, could, could do well. It could, yeah. could do something. Could do well. Right, so now we go into the last bit. It's obviously, at the moment, it's 1 0 to me. It's going to be 2 0 now because I'm not Scooby. Well, it's not going to be 2 0 because I, I can't get 2 0 oh, until yeah. next I week. I thought it was if. if yeah, it's it's still nil. He just like you, you need to get your point off the board, right? So this player played for Manchester United when he won the FA Cup. Not in this order, by the way. Won the League Cup with Stoke, obviously in nineteen seventy two. Didn't play for England. Also went on to have a spell at Crew and Vale, but was also known as the finest pl- English player not to play for England. And he started with Don Revy at Leeds. No. I don't know why he asked me these old questions, because I'll never know. <laughs> and some were deeming probably Stoke's greatest ever player. Stoke's greatest ever Some people say Stoke's one of Stoke's greatest ever players. Well, he probably definitely is one of Stoke's greatest ever players, but, you know... <laughs> People deem some say he is the best because obviously Stanley Matthews playing his best football at Blackpool. Some people would say he's the best one, but some argue Alan Hudson as well and Freddie Steele. There's, there's a lot of pick from. Yeah, Stoke City legend played most of his career. And another little attribute that was in there, he refused to play against Stoke when he joined Man United. He was a part of the cull when the stand blew down. And he moved to Manchester United because Stoke were on the verge of going down. United had to play Stoke and he refused to play and had to have a week's, a week's wages taken off him. Because he wouldn't play. Because he wouldn't play against Stoke because he didn't want to put him down. And all the Stoke fans were singing to him, there's only one Jimmy Greenoff and he had to, he had to walk out crying because he didn't want to leave. He really didn't want to leave Stoke. Still no idea. He just said his name. Oh, you just said his name. Oh yeah, they are. Have <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. Oh God, sir. That's that's uh, one. That's one for the thingy. But you didn't know anyway, did you? No. <laughs> it be anything pre eighties. Eighties, it's hard in the eighties. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So that's still one now. We really need that Michael Owen award. We do need the Michael Owen. I, I, I knew you didn't know anyway. I could no, see in your face. Not the thing I can see in your face, you didn't have a clue. Well, you threw me with United a bit. 
Well, he left Stoke for United in 73, I think it was, when the stand blew down. No, 76 or something like that. When Because, of course, the, the stand was uninsured and it went down. And we'd spent all his money on Shelton. He was garbage and a few other players. Jeff Hurst, I think, was one as well. So we had to sell everything that was worth money. They sold Pedic, they sold Greenoff, they sold Shelton to Forrest. He sold everything so they could get the stand rebuilt, but he killed he killed everything. Tony Warrington left, and, and that's obviously when that's obviously when we decided to choose George Easton over Brian Clough. That's that will I'm go down. That will go down <laughs> as the greatest decision in history, won't it? <laughs> but um, yeah, it was Jimmy Greenoff. Wizard. He was a, an incredible player. And how how did he not not play for England? It doesn't make sense. And he went on to win the FA Cup and he spelled at United as well, when yeah. he scored the winning goal as well. Yeah, legendary play. How did you not get that? They're all they're all gonna be screaming at you too. They'll be. How does he not know that? The thing is, I'm not an encyclopedia of things. Ten years before I was born, I know I know loads of stuff. Yeah, but that's why question time's good for you. you, You've got you've got a wealth of knowledge about pointless stuff about football. Don't start taking it out on me because you haven't got the question. Right. I can ask you the dumbest question I've ever seen. About well, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to be Piers Morgan now and just be saying you just didn't know, did you? No, no. It's before my time. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> oh dear, he's sensitive. Oh, it's sensitive for a Sunday. Right, so that's another one done. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the guest. We're going to try and get a few more on. Um, you know where we are we're on every podcast platform we're on every social media make sure you join tell your friends share it when we comes up because the more people listen the better it can be we've obviously got some ideas coming up for Christmas as well to do a, a long extended show going to try and get as many guests on as, as possible maybe a return of Nathan possibly a chance of a Ben as well because Ben's doing a 24 hour live thing as well which I'm on I've got the 11 o'clock till 12 o'clock slot, so I've got to somehow talk for an hour <laughs> to Ben about something. I think something. you'll do all right for that. I think I'll just talk about Jimmy Green after I'll go, who? <laughs> <laughs> the one that you got wrong and said his name during the question. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have a clue anyway, I saw your face. <laughs> I mean, a minute, a minute ago, you said, did you have ginger hair? <laughs> I knew you were on about Jimmy Green, uh, Terry Conroy, because he, he also played for Vale and crew but anyway we did drill anyway thanks for listening make sure you share like I've said because it's nothing without you it is the Potters podcast it is for the fans so thanks for listening ta-ra ta-ra all the best